topic, I love talking about it with people. Because <laughs> I, I like to argue. So, um, so, we're so do we're- I. That's why we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And uh, it's a hot topic. Not so much right this very second because we have a couple of other hot topics going on in our world right yeah. now. But it will be once football season starts up again, I suspect. So just to introduce the topic, I'm going to break down the word. So chronic, meaning it's something that kind of happens over a very long period of time. Um, not necessarily as long as you would think, but definitely, you know, it's, it's chronic as opposed to acute. Uh, traumatic, meaning it involves some type of um, injury. And in this case, I think it refers to more like a, you know, a blow, a hit to the head, not a penetrating injury, um, but hitting a head, like hitting your head. Um, and encephalopathy, which is kind of a very, it's a very vague term in neurology and, and psychiatry. And, um, you know, when we say someone's encephalopathic, it usually, usually means that they're, they have an altered level of consciousness. They may not, you know, they may be a little drowsy, a little lethargic. Um, but in this case, it means confusion, which you could mm-hmm. argue if you're not awake, alert, oriented, you're encephalopathic. So, um, another word for this is, um, a fancy word is dementia uh, pugilistica, which um, has been described as like a punch drunk, um, which is interesting to me because I think Muhammad Ali is is, uh, the, you know, frequently used uh, example of this. Um, He has, you know, Parkinsonism uh, that is suggested that it's from repeated blows to the head, which I'm not so sure. I mean, in my, I don't know if my opinion matters, but it's just when I, it's just, I think there's a differing uh, pathology to that. Um, because now when you think of where the structures are for Parkinsonism and any movement disorder, they're very deep structures as opposed to cortical, which is kind of more uh, superficial to the brain. So I, I, as this all pans out, this is a relatively new area of study. As this pans out, it would be interesting to see if there are any, um, if there's a difference in the in the path in the pathophysiology here. So, uh, before I go on, I want to talk about concussion, not the book, but the um, the syndrome. So, concussion is you know, you have concussion, the acute event, and then you have delayed post-concussive syndrome. And essentially that's kind of, that's a more immediate, um, you know, effect. So you, you know, playing soccer, you get hit in the head. Um, usually like, you know, you'll have, I, when I was growing up, someone would have like a shiner, which is a black eye from like heading the ball and they don't necessarily have to lose consciousness, but they'll, you know, they could, they could lose consciousness. You could have nausea, vomiting, and then kind of the delayed, like two weeks after you'll see problems with attention, um, you know, either hypersomnia where they're fatigued or insomnia where they can't sleep, uh, 
vertigo a lot of times, uh, sensitivity to light. And, um, you know, the big treatment that we tell parents is, you know, kind of just like rest from, you know, thinking and screens. And of course, that's, you know, probably easier said than done, yeah. you know, in the teenage population. <laughs> um, but the point is that, you know, you're supposed to improve from those symptoms. Now, what happens when, and again, this is another kind of buzz term, you know, you quote unquote get your bell rung multiple, multiple times. Um, and, you know, I'm talking, and, it, you know, there's a spectrum. You could argue that uh, a couple of really bad hits uh, where you lose consciousness versus kind of a daily just you know, you're in practice and you're, you know, whatever your position is in football, you're just constantly, you know, smacking heads with someone else. So it, it, we don't really know for sure. Um, or maybe we do. <laughs> I don't know for sure. But, um, you know, it, it, w- for a concussion, you know, one is enough, you know, one, you know, bad one. But then to have repeated, you know, that's gonna, you know, con- it's gonna build up in terms of uh, di- brain disease. Yeah, that's why a lot of friends I have who are in medicine and have gotten like a few concussions sort of remove themselves from participating in the situations that could give them more because they know obviously they don't want CTE. And I feel like, you know, before we go any further, a lot of you might have first heard of this when you watched the Aaron Fernandez documentary on Netflix because it's definitely mentioned on there. Yeah, um... And I don't know if it's, like, too early to, like, say, you know, well, I don't want to say spoiler alert because we, you know, we know obviously how it ends. But um, mm-hmm. definitely I know that came out and then kind of a lot happened. But definitely I would highly recommend it. I know you and I talked yeah. a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And I think our consensus was that it did an excellent job kind of, um, you know, showing the timeline, the story, you know, how he grew up and then kind of what, you know, what happened. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of poetic that I think he was like the 111th brain that who's like the, the, they had a a study and he, his brain was like kind of the, one of the last ones that they said, you know, this is a, a significant enough number. Yeah. And like, I know when we talked about the documentary after we watch it, we thought the documentary underplayed the role CTE had in his behavior, if anything. And, like, you know, it's just can seriously be, when it's severe, uh, really awful and totally change a person. Right. And um, so the, you know, the kind of to segue into what got me very interested um, in CTE was um, the book Concussion. So when I was in residency, I don't know which year, I might have been a neurology residency. I think it was like my first year of neuro. Um, the art chairman was very involved um, in the medical society and he had uh, the doctor from uh, concussion, uh, Bennett Amalu, come and uh, he was the speaker at some one of the dinners and he invited residents, which is like unheard of. You know, usually those dinners, the, you know, award dinners and, you know, fundraisers are reserved for attendings and attendings yeah. in the, the society. So he wanted us all there front and center. He reserved us a table. He, you know, 
got us all the book. He encouraged us to read it. He put it like in our little lockers. So, uh, you know, and we brought it and uh, Dr. Omalo actually signed all our books. So, you know, I was kind of (laughs) like, I'm very big and I'm also very big into like fiction to film. I love to read a book, watch a movie, but this was like a bonus because then I got to meet the star, you know? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I've never had that happen, but I can only imagine. I found out like one of my favorite books that's actually really big right now. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. And then I found out like he had been done a grand rounds when I was like, you know, like a PGY2 on night float and I had just like totally missed it. So meeting your medicine hero is a it's a special moment. And if there's a movie and a book, that's the trifecta. That's that's the trifecta. I mean, it really yeah. is. <laughs> For real. So, um, and I think, you know, I think what I loved, what I love the most about this topic is, I mean, I don't know that politics is the right word, but certainly, you know, the controversy and... Um, how even, you know, I, I like football. Like, I, I'll be the first to admit, you know, I think it's kind of, you don't, you're in denial a little bit that this is actually a thing. Um, I mean, but now, you know, I don't think I've watched football in years, you know, for other reasons, but it's just, it, it's so controversial and there's, you know, it's it's sexy, you know, there's cover-up, there's scandal, there's... Um, you know, science, but science versus, you know, a multi-billion dollar corporation. Like, it's just, there's so much to this. Um, yeah. So the, you know, the book follows, uh, he's a Nigerian doctor. Uh, he's a pathologist. He has a couple of different medical paths that he's taken, but he uh, he's working in Pittsburgh and he comes across the case of uh, NFL player uh, Mike Webster. Uh, he was the center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had um, his nickname was Iron Mike uh, and, he, you know, he he was amazing. So mm-hmm. he kind of after retiring, he kind of went down this kind of decline where um, he, you know, his behavior was just off. Uh, He would do very impulsive things. I think he was living in his car. Uh, He was injuring himself on purpose. Um, And he ended up taking his own life. And it was just kind of everybody that knew him, his family, the teammates, they're like, just this wasn't him. So um, essentially... Omalu looked in his, you know, did the autopsy and um, he saw, you know, he saw changes in the brain and, you know, looked at the pathology and, uh, you know, even just grossly. And he started to form a pattern um, with, you know, other players through the years who had a very similar uh, decline. And, you know, Changes in personality is one thing, but then also either, you know, super aggressive behavior, uh, you know, problems with, you know, decision making and, you know, what's right from wrong. Hi, kitty. Hi. My kitty's making an appearance. She's so (laughs) needy. (laughs) I think this is like one benefit to recording remotely is that essentially we're surrounded by five cats. Six cats. I'm yes, sorry. Yes. Sorry. So, so many cats. cats. We, 
We are three people surrounded by six cats, and if you pictured that in real life, it would it'd be a lot of cats. But yeah, remotely, it's it's not so bad. No, not at all. <laughs> okay, sorry, honey, for Katie and interrupting. We were learning about concussions, and we'll go back to it now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, um, you may be wondering. You're probably not wondering because <laughs> you can't read my mind. But <laughs> why, um, why behavior changes and um, you know impulse control and you know violence and things of that nature. And this is where I have to bring up the Muhammad Ali. You know why? Why those things? And the reason is because of the parts of the brain that are going to be prone to injury from from trauma. And that's the frontal lobes and the temporal lobes, which are very involved in kind of that higher order uh, decision-making and processing emotions and, um, and acting on that behavior. So, and unfortunately, these brain structures are not only very close to the surface, but they also kind of touch... Um, a lot of other bony structures and uh, that you wouldn't you wouldn't expect you have actually it's your brain isn't just kind of floating in your skull you have uh, the fox cerebri that runs you know down the middle of the two hemispheres you have uh, you know your temporal bone has a lot of um, a lot of areas where with trauma you're not only you know you have a coup contra coup injury where you know if you get hit head on that brain is floating in your skull and it's still going to hit the back of the brain as well as whatever injury you had to the front now mm-hmm. this is what makes the helmet issue such a it, it's just not it's it's not going to happen it's not going to help I mean, they had all these crazy designs, like cages, essentially. But your skull is what is, you know, what is hurting your brain, essentially, because it's your brain is floating in liquid that's floating in your skull. So if you think of you have, I don't know why I thought, Magello mold of all things, but let's say, I don't know, Flan. I don't know. Like, please help me. I've had a long day. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. But if you just think like helmets don't protect you from from like, you know, they protect in some regards, but the impact is still occurring and the impact right. is causing your brain to move inside your skull and still right. get damaged. Right. Impact is still happening where your skull is your brain is hitting your skull. So it's yeah. like. I have it. I just figured it out. I got it. I got the analogy. <laughs> huh. So if you're in the car, you're driving in a car and your car, God forbid, gets hit, your injury is going to come from what you hit inside the car. If you put a cage around your car, the impact is still going to transmit through that cage. You know, mm-hmm. it. at least any cage that would be, or helmet, that would be effective or you know even yes no it makes sense right if someone if it's not making sense to someone maybe they just haven't totaled enough cars in their life (laughs) 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 (laughs)
However, I think helmets are you. It's not an all or nothing thing. You know, you still need to wear yeah. helmets. However, it's you're not going to create a helmet that's going to fix this problem. That is my point. So, uh, what you may be asking, what Dr. Alley did they find in the brain tissue? So this is interesting to me. So, Mm -hmm. all right. When you think of any other tissue in the body, let's use, no, not any tissue. Let's use the esophagus. When you have repeated GERD, you know, reflux, just you're drinking scalding hot tea and coffee, you're eating, you know, sriracha on everything, you're you know, not taking your omeprazole or your protonics, and you have recurrent GERD. You're wearing away at the cells of your esophagus. You're, you're essentially changing them, and they can become cancerous. Yep. So, and this occurs with, you know, in a couple of other situations where you have either repeated injury or just kind of a noxious, you know, agent to a tissue is going to result in cancerous cell formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, smoking. Um, I'm not sure if I can think of anything trauma-related, but what was always interesting to me is the response of the brain to this repeated trauma isn't to form like a neoplasm, a new growth. It's actually to kind of undergo this cascade where the cells die the axons kind of they swell and they you know burst and they form you know it's actually thought of a very similar pathology to to alzheimer's and again in very similar structures that are affected in, in alzheimer's so um you know it's just a it's a very interesting kind of pathology that I guess is in response to injury, and it's what makes the brain such such a different structure in terms of of cells. Uh, so you know, essentially, that's that's what we're seeing. Um, you know, we're we're seeing uh, very similar pathologies to a, a progressive dementia, essentially, um, and at a, obviously a much much younger age and. You know, and and maybe I'm not sure what there is to be said about the if there's any predominantly violent behavior versus uh, someone with Alzheimer's. It you know comes progressively more withdrawn. I mean, there, it's it's not exactly the same pathology, but it is very very similar. <clears throat> so, um, you know, and, and I think the saddest thing of all this is it's really there's there's no treatment. And unfortunately, even diagnosis is delayed to postmortem. I mean, we, yeah. you know, you, clinically, you know, it can, it can be obvious and, you know, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's just very, very sad. Yeah. And that's why, like, I don't know a single doctor that lets their children play football. They just don't. They know that the risk of this is significant and, you know, wouldn't want to put their child in a situation or really like, you know, obviously football is number one, but there are some other sports that have possibility of concussion, but football is definitely the main one and the worst offender. And most popular, 
Right. Yeah. So you had mentioned earlier that you knew of some people that kind of either were involved in, in an activity and shied away from it when they learned about CTE. What were those? Were they just football or? I think another one was like snowboarding. Really? I think, you know, I, I think something about like, I don't know, maybe I'm saying crazy things and some sport person can correct me. But I think when you do like crazy flips with it and stuff, you can hit your head and get concussions. So I think that was, they were like uh, calming down on like snowboarding or something too. Yeah, I know um, where I did residency, they were uh, enrolling um, anybody who's ever had concussion in a study and they were kind of following them. And uh, I know there was a lot of like mixed martial arts fighters who I I just can't imagine. I mean, even football, like there's good money. And if you're talented, there is unlimited possibilities, you know? And if I I couldn't imagine the, the thing I love doing you know, being that harmful. I I really couldn't. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, I think, well, really any physical thing has some possibility of like injury, right? Like um, there's not really a physical thing that doesn't have the possibility of injury, but most of them, the, the benefits at least physically outweigh the risk, right? Like, so really with anything, you can get some sort of injury, but for most things, the benefits to your body and also the benefits that you get emotionally from exercising outweigh the risk. But for something like football, I think it's becoming hard to argue, at least if you're a physician, that the benefits of this sport, like, you know, let's say you go to the NFL and you, uh, you know, are famous, respected and have a lot of money. Well, you at the same time, if you get these repeated head injuries and you become like a murderer or you end your own life, like obviously that risk doesn't, you know. There's no, there is no benefit that would ever outweigh that risk. Yeah. That's just, that's what I have such a hard time with. Um, And unfortunately the benefit is the industry and the money. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's tough, um, you know, ugh. and not every play. And again, some somebody who knows more about football than me, who if if you ask me while I'm doing my, you know, when I used to do fantasy football, it was I knew more than I just knew everything. I I didn't obviously, but um, I think some positions are more. I think everyone's at risk, but certain positions are more prone to head injuries yeah. than others. The ones who, like, run and, like, I don't know, throw the football really far. No, wait. The ones who run are the ones who get tackled, so they're not as good. But anyways, the ones that don't get tackled as much are probably safe positions to play. But it's right, the, and, the guys. And you have like, your, what is it, the linebackers? Yeah, I don't know exactly. anything about football. You have, I think it's the linebackers. Yeah, you have your defensive line, your offensive line. They kind of, like, charge at each other while everybody yeah. else is, like, while the quarterback is trying to throw. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, okay, you guys Okay, now that the all point. the girls are in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jonah has wandered away, but he knows nothing about football and hates it, so. I, I, I know more than that. It's a bunch of non-football that. people here. <laughs> 
Well, I've only watched a couple games in my life, like when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, but that's more of a Philly thing than a football thing. Yeah, that I went to um I went to an Eagles game. It was freezing. It was like I think it was I don't want to say Thanksgiving, but I think it was Thanksgiving. And they were playing the Vikings and there were two Vikings fans in my section. And of course they were just the Phillies fans were Eagles fans were just yelling at them the whole time. And, you know, they left and they're like, you know, shouting at them as they're leaving. And then when they left, I I kid you not the Eagles fans just started fighting each other. Like they had no one left to fight. It was That's Philly it was, for ya. Uh, yeah. That's how they roll. <laughs> and I, I will say that when I have trouble falling asleep, I try to name all of the NFL football teams. <laughs> wow. I, what so is there, boring. Like it puts you right out. <laughs> yeah. It's, and I always like miss one and it drives me crazy to the point where I just like, all right, I just fall asleep. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Love it. <laughs> so, you know, obviously this is, you know, it's, it's going to rear its head. You know, unfortunately, nothing has changed since Aaron Hernandez. There's not really, there's been a couple of penalties. Um, I think, you know, there's fines for certain types of tackles or certain types of, um, you know, things have been made. That's legal. You can, you can do that. And that's illegal. So, um, but it's only money. And again, this is like, they have nothing but money essentially. So it becomes like a, almost like monopoly at this point. It's like, well, you did that. So, you know, you have to pay this much money. Um, and I, there may be some sitting out as well. Uh, but, you know, my point in saying this is that there's not going to be, there's going to be more, unfortunately, there's going to be more Aaron Hernandez cases because he was very recent and nothing has changed since then. And there's been, I would think there's been people playing for as long as he's been playing. Yeah. So, uh, I just and and you know as we learn more about CTE, we're going to become better at detecting it uh, clinically. Mm-hmm. So the incidence is going to you know increase. I would think it's going to increase. So <laughs> Boston Boston University conducted the study of the um, of the brains. They used uh, 111 form, uh, former NFL players and found CTE in 110 of the 111. So that was kind of the 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 study and it was led by Dr. Anne McKee and you know she published this and um you know it, she basically is the whole premise is that the report doesn't concern confirm that the condition is common in all football players it just reflects a high occurrence uh in this Boston brain bank that specifically is able to identify CTE Mm-hmm. And w- what's interesting is that it's kind of almost a bias because the donors um, or the families of the donors of these brains, uh, you know, contributed because the players had repeated head injuries and were having some, you know, troubling behavioral symptoms uh, or otherwise before they died. So, you know, this is kind of just the beginning and they, they make that very apparent so the NFL, um, and this is back, I don't know, it's uh, July 26, 2017, um, and their kind of statement in, 
in response to this is, uh, quote, we appreciate the work uh, done by Dr. McKee and her colleagues uh, for the value it adds and the ongoing quest for a better understanding of CTE. Case studies such as those compiled in this updated paper are important to further advancing the science and progress related to head trauma. The medical and scientific communities will benefit from this publication, and the NFL will continue to work with a wide range of experts to improve the health of current and former NFL athletes. As noted by the authors, there are still many unanswered questions related to the cause, incidence, and prevalence of long-term effects of head trauma such as CTE. The NFL is committed to supporting scientific research into CTE and advancing progress in the prevention and treatment of head injuries. So, I, I mean, I, I guess, like, <laughs> I don't know what else they could say. It's just such a, it's such a, well, you know, it's not treatable. And, you know, you can't just make football legal. I mean, right. considering how much Americans freak out over having to wear a mask, God forbid you took football away from them. Like, the country would just somehow implode on itself. Yes. So I, I think <laughs> it's almost like we can just make ops as as physicians or as physician scientists like this woman probably is. You know, you just make observations and note things and what else can you do? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree with you. Um, I, I think that in the back of some people's heads are, you know what? Uh, you know, it's almost football season. You know, they haven't taken that away yet. And I, I agree. That's, yeah. that's the last straw that this year needs. <laughs> 2020 does not does not need that. <laughs> so there will um, be an all-out civil war if, that, if like, football's yeah. threatened in any way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, I mean, that's all I have to say on it. Um, I just love, I just, I mean, this is terrible. This is terrible, you know, condition and, you know, it affects young, talented and otherwise healthy individuals. Um, but I just think the, you know, the controversy and the, and the conversations, you know, it's just, it's interesting to me. Um, and I encourage Everybody, if you haven't, to read uh, the book Concussion uh, by Jean Marie Laskas. And um, then you go ahead and watch Concussion with starring Will Smith. And not to toot my own horn, not to brag, having met Dr. Bennett Amalu, <laughs> I will say that Will Smith does an amazing job. He just, you know, Dr. Amalu really is that. He's just so passionate and um you know he was so devoted to this and uh it's i mean he he was speaking at this dinner and he was like he didn't even need the microphone he was just like yelling but like just you know so charged about this and he's passionate about um you know helping helping these athletes and you know helping give answers to the families which i think is the most important thing you know so well, I guess everything really just starts with education, right? And yeah. then it becomes someone's decision. 
But I think it comes, what I think about is like kids, you know, kids aren't going to understand CTE. There's no child out there that's like six and their parents are putting them in a, a football little league. They're going to understand that they could called start having. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sure. <laughs> Probably the name of it. So, you know, I just hope that hopefully some with enough education that perhaps things could change because I really do think, you know, it's on, it's a, at least like adults have the autonomy to decide if they want to put themselves in dangerous situation. But I feel like having your kid play, your child play football is like putting them in the car without a seatbelt on. Like, I'm sorry. That's my opinion on it. No, I'm not sorry. Actually, I'm just <laughs> prefacing it because I don't want to get like murdered or something for stating an unpopular belief i think everybody who really likes football definitely stopped listening at our description of how the game is played so i don't i don't think we have any listeners who are really into football but please send us a dm if that's you i'm really curious i just feel like that's probably not our uh you know population of listeners no, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what, what the masses have to say. Um, uh, have you ever had a concussion? Well, one time when I was like 20, 20 21 in college, um, my friend was drunk and she was trying to like sexily throw me onto a couch and said she threw me into the wall and oh. m- my head hit the wall and it was like really loud. Like everyone at this party heard it. Oh my God. And I had this terrible headache for like 24 hours. I never lost like consciousness or anything, but I think I had like a, I, th- I would cons- I consider it like a really mild, mild concussion probably. That's the yeah. only th- thing that I've ever had like that. And if you only have one really, really mild concussion, I'm sure the effects are nothing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's such, I mean, it just in clinical experience when, you know, I was in training, you know, in med school and seeing young athletes like in their teens who did lacrosse or soccer or what have you, Um it sucks because you're basically like, well, not only can you not participate in your sport until we do a bunch of exams and you're clear, which we're still not even, you know, at a consensus on the, you know, at that time, the back to play, uh, you know, guidelines, but you can't go on the screen, you can't go on the computer, you can't go on your iPad and uh, you can't read, you can't watch, you can't think, you know, it, 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 it's probably so frustrating and you know, to no fault of their own, you know, you just yeah. get hit yeah. with a lacrosse ball. Yeah. None of the teens ever. I mean, I would say if they obey the rules that they're supposed to for like post concussive recovery, they're in like the 1% of like probably teens that have a severe anxiety disorder and like need to follow yeah. rules perfectly, but the rest are just gonna, you know, they're going to do whatever they're going to do and they're going to recover hopefully eventually. Yeah. yeah, and honestly, I, I would be one of them. That would be ter- that would be terrible. But yeah, you know, I mean, that's why I, I ran track. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I can't not look at my cell phone, or no. like you know, they want you to like stare at the ceiling for like a week. No, that would that be I maddening. Think 
I think I'd rather die. So I think the teens feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's Anything all else I you want to educate us on? No. <laughs> no. Okay, we're done with everyone, I guess. We're, we're done. Thank you for this consult.